This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning and welcome to Enterprise Biz Bites. I'm Roshan Kanesan and it is now Friday, June 2nd and a few minutes past 12 p.m. And when we take a look at the week that's been, there's been, um, this year has seen a lot of buzz around AI, but this week especially, we've seen it take up a fever pitch or two following an open letter signed by a group of AI experts and other high-profile figures released by the Center for AI Safety. The open letter had only one line and I'm going to read it word for word here. Mitigating the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority alongside other societal scale risks such as pandemics and nuclear war. Um, they're not mincing their words there. Now, contemplating the fact and discussing the end of the world is a bit beyond our scope here on BizBytes. But one thing is clear. AI is powerful and we shouldn't take its power to disrupt for granted. One key example here is the way AI could potentially impact the next generation of workers. Some estimates here, the World Economic Forum's Future of Jobs Report 2020 forecasted that 85 million jobs globally will be replaced by AI by 2025. But the same report also indicated that AI could potentially generate up to 97 million new roles. Just keep in mind, this was all before ChatGPT became mainstream. Now, while on the surface, it seems that we could see a net positive change in job numbers, uh, the thing here is that the type of types of jobs that AI will create will differ from those being lost. And I'm just here going to I'm going to quote Forbes contributor Kalina Bryant, who, uh, who wrote in an article earlier this week: "New graduates are embarking into a different type of workforce, and the data entry and processing positions, mostly seen as entry level positions for graduates and people early in their careers, are now automated through AI." This puts recent graduates in an interesting position while seeking to enter the workforce. So, in order to address the potential changes ahead when it comes to jobs and the workplace, we need to look at education today, particularly tertiary education institutions and how they're adapting to AI's sudden rise, both in terms of how it impacts education today and how universities can prepare their students for the changing landscape. So, today on Enterprise Biz Bites, we're asking the question, how will AI influence tertiary education? If you've got any thoughts, WhatsApp us on our U mobile number, that's 018 Double nine. In the meantime, uh, to join in on this discussion, I've got Sanjay Sarma, CEO at the Asia School of Business, or more commonly known as ASB. Sanjay, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Roshan. Lovely to talk to you. Feeling any existential dread after my little introduction over there? Not really. I mean, I think that AI is clearly a very powerful technology. Um, I don't think it's reached the existential level yet, but... I do think we need to take all these things very seriously. Great. So on to my first question here, and a little bit of uh, a little bit of an open-ended one. Uh, let's talk about ChatGPT. What's your view on ChatGPT and other uh, generative AI tools, and how they'll impact the education system? You know, the thing about ChatGPT um, or GPT, I should say, in general, is that um, we are all sort of stunned by two things. One, you in chat with it, which is why suddenly in November 2022, we all got excited about it. But by how exceptionally human it sounds, right? And I think what it is, is, I mean, really GPT is a predictive typo. It's really predictive typing taken to the extreme. It's just language. Language isn't supposed to do this. But guess what? I think we looked in the mirror and we looked at language and we realized language is us. And that's what's so spooky about it, right? Now, will it impact education? It will, absolutely. 
How? Well, I mean, obviously the uh, quick answer is plagiarism, you know, students can just write their essays, etc. But that means we need, as educators, we need to up our game and we need to change it. So the way it's going to affect education is there'll be those of us who try and fight it and those of us who use this as an opportunity to rethink the way in which we write our assignments and wrap our assignments around these tools rather than sort of wish them away and sort of ban them, you know? So it will change education a lot. And not just that, there are more complicated things. For example, at some point, AI could become a tutor. Mm. AI could provide hints and so on. I can talk about it more, but it will absolutely impact our industry more than most. And we're going to dive into all of that in a little bit. Now, the pandemic accelerated digitalization, making Zoom and remote education more of a norm. Now, AI is coming in with new tools and capabilities that could improve the experience of virtual learning. You gave us a little bit of a teaser of what that could look like. All this makes the pull towards learning in the traditional classroom um, seemingly less of a need, pushing it closer and closer to being obsolete. How does in-classroom education need to adapt or change to either compete or complement the threat from technology? You know, it's very interesting, um, uh, Roshan. I think we've been doing in-class education wrong, actually. In fact, you ask educators around the world, they'll say we've been wasting our in-class time. What, what do professors do today in in-class education often? They lecture. And what do students do? They sit back and listen. Now, all the research shows that's a wrong way to do it to begin with. <laughs> Zoom showed us, I mean, it was the worst of both worlds. <laughs> we just did in-class le uh, lectures except on Zoom, right, which is bad. And we lost that saving grace of being in person, which is at least you could talk to your neighbor. There's no neighbor to talk to. You had these, this panel of nodding or nodding off heads. So that was horrible. The future of education actually is asynchronous video. You know, Khan Academy has shown us how that works. And then the classroom becomes a studio where you're building things, you're breaking things, you're discussing exactly as you and I are having this discussion. I mean, after all, you could replace this uh, this discussion uh, with a simple question to GPT, right? <laughs> you could have asked these questions of GPT, but it's not quite the same thing. And the reason is human beings, all mammals, the way we learn is actually with the back and forth, the dialogue, with the testing, with the pushing, the, the breaking of the concept, the nuance, the little adjustment, the coaching, and that happens in person. And then when you come to things like engineering or business or case studies, you know, especially case studies or simulation, that's how we're learning what to occur. So the way I look at digital is the reason to do digital is not to replace the in-person, but rather to enrich and enable the in-person. And that is called a flipped classroom. AI will be a tool in that. Those who try and replace education with AI will be far poorer for it. Uh, and the students will really be hurt by it. So let's dive into that a little bit, uh, Sanjay. Of the tech, uh, of the AI tech we've seen or has been announced or released, uh, what do you think are some of the most optimal or some of the best technologies that can be included or adapted into tertiary education? You know, I think that um, you can think of AI as a coach who sits beside you. By the way, that is sometimes wrong. So you mm. got to think on your feet, all right? So just today... Um, I asked ChatGPT a question, and it was hilariously wrong. <laughs> Often, it is only subtly wrong. But 90% of the time, it's pretty good. So it's almost like having a buddy next to you who's learning with you, but who could be wrong, you know? And so the way I see AI 
is in doing, on the one hand, mundane things like helping grade, right? Taking what you wrote and comparing it with something else to say, yeah, you got basically got it right, right? Of course, you've got to design your assignment in a way that they couldn't use AI, right? Or they use AI and they critique it or find the flaws or something like that. So AI could be a buddy, could be a coach. It's called formative assessment. When you're doing the education, the assessment, not to give a grade, but so that the student learns. In that sense, AI can be really good. Now, uh, AI can also take care of mundane stuff. For example, an FAQ. Professor, when is the uh, assignment due, right? Well, I mean, you know, all that can be done with AI. Um, AI can work, do, work on workflows, take all the assignments, you know, take all the grades and put them on, uh, on a spreadsheet and send them to the registrar. So it's all mundane stuff and a little bit of coaching. What AI cannot do is explore the uncertainties and the unknowns in the student's um, brain model, mental model, as she starts creating a model of the world. You know, a lot of the things you said there is, uh, ties in with a lot of the complaints we hear from teachers as well, and maybe in Malaysia, the administrative duties that kind of bogs them down from the actual teaching of the syllabus or, you know, educating students. So that could be really interesting to see. Uh, Sanjay, we've got more to get into, but we've got to go into a few messages and some music now. I've been speaking with Sanjay Sama, CEO of ASB. That's the Asia School of Business. Tell us what you think over on WhatsApp at 018-789-8899 or you can always tweet us on at BFM Radio. I'm Roshan Kandison. You're listening to Enterprise Biz Bites here on BFM 89.9. Blues, folk, metal. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Enterprise Biz Bites. I'm Roger Connison. If you've just joined us, AI has been the buzzword of 2023. And just this week, we saw the release of an open letter further highlighting concerns around the rise of AI, if not carefully managed. Today on Biz Bites, we're taking a particular angle, exploring the potential impact of AI in one particular area, that's tertiary education, and how they are adapting to AI's sudden rise, both in terms of how it impacts education today and how universities can prepare their students for the changing landscape. Helping me with this discussion today has been Sanjay Sarma, the CEO of the Asia School of Business, more commonly known as ASB. Uh, Sanjay, thanks for sticking around with me here. Now, AI tools uh, could make plagiarism detection much more complicated. The argument seems to be to fight AI with AI, which is, again, touching on something we said a little bit earlier. But I have a concern here that there could be some collateral damage through false positives. Um, what do you see as the path ahead for tertiary education players to find a bit of a balance here? Look, I think uh, one of our challenges in tertiary education is that our exams, the way we test things, is based not on what we need to test, but what is convenient to test, mm. unfortunately, right? If you, for example, are uh, training to be an engineer, to build um, a civil engineer, the real test is, can you design a bridge? <laughs> Right. It's not, can you solve this mathematical problem which is abstracted away from the bridge because A, I can grade it easily, and B, frankly, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with. Right. So when you have open-ended problems, um, and when you have things like that, actually plagiarism, plagiarism of the sort becomes more difficult, the more uncertain things are. So first of all, I hope AI pushes us into a form of uh, assessment that uh, many of us refer to as authentic assessment. Um, now, so... Given that, can, how can AI um, play in this? Well, if you're asking someone to write an essay, well, you know, AI could probably do a pretty good essay. But if you're asking them to do a deep analysis, very deep analysis, 
with, um, you know, a very complex analysis of a case study, et cetera. It probably can't. So we, and you have to assume the student's going to use AI rather than try and find it. Because mm -hmm. as you said, you'll get false positives. And what is the moral uh, implication of that? So my view is it's sort of like calculators. You can ban calculators at home or you can design your problem so that the calculator can only help you that much. And there's a lot else, but you really can't fight it. Because I've used, uh, there's, a, there's a piece of software called uh, Zero GPT. It's written by a young student at Princeton. Very good. But, you know, I can break it. I can get around it. So uh, I think that we have to change fundamentally, with, as with calculators. Great points there, Sanjay. Now, there's a major concern that AI could disrupt the workforce and hinder future graduates in their careers. If to take this conversation a little further, uh, do you fall in the camp, into this camp or do you believe it will be a positive tool instead? I think it'll be a positive tool, but I think it'll have negative implications, Roshan. Mm -hmm. Let me sort of make a, perhaps a controversial statement. I think our education system today, especially in countries where I, like the one I grew up in India or in Malaysia, tend to hew towards rote learning. And frankly, if we have systems that produce people who are robotic, we shouldn't be worried. We should be worried when the robots show up, they're going to take our jobs. So we have to teach our students to become creative and to outperform the robots. Um, when AI starts taking the more uh, routine jobs, uh, I think people have the capability to evolve, to do much more amazing things. So that involves education. So education is going to become the new oxygen of the economy. But I am absolutely sure AI will make inroads into a lot of employment and employees will have to change. There's, by the way, a case study of this. When ATMs, automatic teller machines, showed up, the thought was it would take bank teller jobs. But actually what ended up happening was the uh, human beings at the bank started selling loans and you know other financial products. They, they elevated. So we have to do the same thing with AI. But that elevation comes with learning and education. So with that in mind then, um, what do you see as the role of universities like ASB uh, in their uh, playing in preparing students for a future that is increasingly reliant on AI then? I think we have, look, AI is a tiger, right? It's, or it's like the horse, you know, when we discover the horse, right? You have to learn to domesticate it and ride it. And the role of places like the Asia School of Business is to prepare our students to master this new uh, this new weapon or tool and to use it to our advantage, not be run over by it. So um, I think all of us will have to take on this role. Um, it has to become something we do actually at the elementary level. We need to explain to students how AI works, but also how it fails, uh, what it is not. And that's how we slowly um, start mastering this tool and writing it as opposed to getting uh, run over by it. Ultimately, we need to learn to live with it, to tame it. But in the short term, is there anything in mind that you have that, you know, could help us adjust in the meantime, especially people who are graduating this year, next year, the year after? Yeah, I, I have a little, um, um, it may seem quirky, but I have a question for all of us, which is, imagine that you had um, a superpower. How would you use AI as your superpower, right? Um, let's say you take, uh, you're in accounting. How would you rethink accounting with AI? So that's what I mean by getting into this mentality of using uh, this tool to rethink your job. And also think about how, when it makes mistakes, you could fail from it and you could actually cover for that. So you, you, it's a flawed partner 
it's got lots of skills, but how do you use the skills and yet overcome the flaws? So it's something we need to sort of in, internalize and think through in terms of how are we going to tame this new horse, right? So for anyone who's considering tertiary education right now, maybe they're 17, 18 years old, they're looking at universities, um, what should they be considering given this rise of AI and the potential disruption here and the way jobs could change? I, I hate to put it this way, but you know, you eventually need to get a job and you need to find a degree on education system that gets you there. So what kind of advice or comments do you have for people about to enter universities? You know, many have said in the past, oh my God, you know, you have the internet. Why should we learn anything? Why should we can just learn critical skills? I actually don't agree with that. You need to learn the fundamentals. For example, it's good to learn your multiplication tables. All right. I know you can get it from your, from your smartphone, like from your calculator, but it's still good to learn your multiplication tables because it helps you think fast on scale and things like that. I do think the fundamentals are important, but what I would look for in tertiary education is, does, uh, do the courses does the curriculum embrace AI? Does it do a critical analysis of how uh, what you learn will be impacted by AI and other technologies, generative technologies uh, being one of them, right? And this is this technology um, genie is out of the bottle and it's going to change a lot of what we do, whether it's, um, you know, working in, in retail, working in a port, right? Whether it's robotics, whether it's a technology I was involved with, RFID and so on, right? It's just going to change. And the question is, can you learn the fundamentals, but can you also learn how the job is going to change using uh, because of these technologies? I think that's what I would look for. What you don't want is a curriculum that is tone deaf to these monumental changes that are, you know, sweeping over entire industries, should there be a consideration in terms of what kind of field I'm looking at, whether it's like, you know, there's been a lot of attention paid towards, oh, I need to teach my kids coding. Uh, but, you know, engineering has been very popular in the past. Business school is also very popular. Medicine is still a big field. Um, as uh, as a, a head of an tertiary education, I don't want to make you choose your children here. And <laughs> But um, is there anything that's going to become a bit more, that should be highlighted? I think, strangely enough, our humanness is what's going to be more important, you know. Um, so, for example, AI can um, can write an, uh, a song, but the singer and the performance is still going to be. And by the way, the AI won't do such a great job of singing a song because there's a quirkiness, there's a humanness, there's a, you know, there's a timeliness to, um, to, to the way a song is constructed. It may give you some bare bones. I think that uh, human skills become more important, you know, relationship skills, et cetera. That's number one. Number two, I do believe that higher order um, uh, sort of sectors in any industry will become more important. For example, some aspects of accounting may be automated by a AI specific, an accounting specific AI system, but some aspects won't, right? For example, tax planning, keeping track of regulations, you know, reading about the latest in terms of uh, in terms of how uh, you know you account for certain things, right? The ESG, all so you have to sort of look a little bit more in the boundaries. The core, the more tedious stuff, will get taken over by AI. So let's wrap up with this then, Sanjay. Um, have you given any thought to what the future of jobs could look like and how that informs the way you want to see ASB educated students? Yes, I would like to see our students feel that they have the superpower that they can control. And I want them to, uh, and I think all of us need to do this, um, need to understand how 
we cannot ignore it. We have to tame it, write it, and f- find new things to do with it. And that's what I'd like to do here, but I really think society needs to do this. I mean, I think several countries are waking up to this already, in the, even in, the, in their uh, uh, school curricula. Sanjay, thank you so much for your time today. Such a pleasure, Roshan. That was Sanjay Sama, the CEO of the Asia School of Business, and you've been listening to Enterprise BizBytes. If you missed any part of this conversation, you can catch the podcast on our website at bfm.my, or you can always download the BFM app if you haven't already. You can also find our shows on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the major podcast players. Just be sure to look up Enterprise BizBytes. Looking ahead, after the 1pm news bulletin, we've got the Breakfast Grill replay. Ally Logistics Property is the largest institutional logistics property developer in Taiwan and it's in the midst of completing the Bukit Raja Logistics Hub. CEO Charlie Chang shares with us the progress of the $1 billion warehouse. Catch that conversation after the 1pm news bulletin. I'm Rosha Kinison. This has been Enterprise Biz Bytes. Keep it here at BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.